Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father God, for this topic, Father God. How to overcome, Father God, doubts, Father God, that hinder, Lord, our walk with you, that hinder, Father God, our faith life in you, Father God. Lord, I pray, Father God, for next level group, Father God. Lord, come, Lord. Teach us, Father God, the things, Father God, that we need to learn from the Bible, Father God, the things, Father God, that's stopping us, blocking us, Father God, dragging us down, Father, in our walk with you, Father, and making us, Lord, to not live a stable Christian life, Father God, because of all those things that are dragging us, Lord, we end up being unstable, Lord, as your children, I pray, Father God. For your holy presence, Father God, to come, Lord, to teach each one of us, Father God, how to overcome doubts, Father God, that comes to shatter our faith, Father. Lord, we submit this time to you, Father God, and we pray, Father God, for your holy presence, Father God. Lord, nothing else competes, Lord, than your holy presence. Lord, nothing, Lord, can come close to your presence, Father God. So I pray for your holy presence, Father God. Here in this call, Father God, and for your grace and your truth to cover us and to learn what we need to learn. And Lord, I pray the enemy will not steal anything, Lord, that you want us to learn today. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If there is one thing in life that everybody wants is stability. Stability in job, stability in marriage, stability in finances, stability in health. And people like to be stable with all the things of this world. And when something is unstable, it easily sways one way or the other. If you are unstable, you can be manipulated very easily. You, you will believe everything that everybody is saying. So the one of the point, the study guide in my Bible uh, to this verse says, a double-minded man is a person drawn in two opposite directions. Because of his lack of sincerity, he sways between belief and disbelief, sometimes thinking that God will help him and at the other times giving up all hope in him. That is what an unstable mind will do to you. And doubt is like having your feet in two different boats. And if you are going to live a Christian life like that, then we are a great target for the enemy because doubters are not stable. So when we doubt, we allow our confidence to be placed in our emotions, in human logic. Our emotions are like a roller coaster and we end up allowing our feelings to take control and we become overwhelmed with any situation and end up in unbelief. Doubt can rob your faith. So 
the normal length of a fully matured shark is eight feet in the ocean. But if you put a small shark and confine it in an aquarium, it will stay a size proportionate to the aquarium. Sharks can be six inches long, yet fully matured in an aquarium. But if you turn them loose in the ocean, they grow to their normal length of eight feet. So when you leave a shark, when they grow up in an aquarium, they confine to the space and they will not grow eight feet when it is fully matured. But you, if you leave the same shark in the ocean back again, the normal length of a shark is eight feet. So the aquarium produces a six inches of shark and the ocean produces eight feet. So doubt is similar to the shark. If you turn it loose, it will rob your faith. So equip yourself to confine your doubt. And that's the whole point of this, this week's intro. This is the whole point of this lecture call. That if you will not confine your doubt, then it will be like the shark in the ocean. And you're going to be scared of it. And you're going to run for your life. And in that process, you are going to let go of your faith. You will let the doubt to rob your faith. So doubt has the ability to creep into our minds and heart, causing us to question our beliefs, our decisions, and even our faith in God. It is important to recognize that power, the doubt holds. So what does doubt do? It has power to rob our faith. Is it contagious? No, but it has the power to rob our faith. On the first Resurrection Sunday, doubt was not confined in the disciples' heart. Doubt robbed the peace and the disciples' face. So the first Easter wasn't celebrated how we celebrate it today because doubt was dominating that day. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, on that first day after the woman had run to the tomb and found it empty, an angel said, he's not here, he's risen. Then the disciples went and when they saw the empty tomb, they still had a hard time believing that Jesus was alive. It is not just one, it says the disciples. They still had doubts. They still wondered that if the people and the church rulers did all those things to Jesus, who was innocent and had done nothing wrong and put him to death on the cross, and what would happen to them? So the disciples gathered, gathered together and locked the door. They were filled with doubt. That doubt was almost completely destroying that resurrection day peace that the Lord provided with this resurrection. So if you don't confine your doubt, it is going to rob you of your faith and your peace and everything that comes with your faith. And when we look at one particular disciple's doubt, that is Thomas, we all know he's a prime example of the power of doubt at work. His doubt caused him to question the very foundation of his faith, the resurrection of Christ. When we talk about Thomas, always one thing comes to our mind immediately is the name, Doubting Thomas. But prior to doubt Christ's resurrection, who was Thomas? In John chapter 11, verse 6 on, we see that Jesus is telling the disciples, let us go to Judea because Lazarus was sick. So they said, Rabbi, they replied, the Jews just tried to stone you and you're going back there. So Jesus answers, 
are not there 12 hours of daylight. If anyone walks in the daytime, he will not stumble because he sees by the light of this world. But if anyone walks at night, he will stumble because he has no light. After he had said this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I might go there to wake up. So his disciples replied, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will be get better. They thought that Jesus was talking about actual sleep, but he was speaking about the death of Lazarus. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And in verse 16, we see here Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. This is the Thomas that we see in the gospel, who he was prior to resurrection. Thomas was willing to die for Christ. He was filled with zeal and passion. However, since then, much had changed. Jesus had died on the cross. Jesus had risen from the grave. Thomas was stuck in a pre-resurrection mentality. And he was discouraged. He saw, he was thinking the tomb will bust open. Somehow God will perform a miracle. And he was thinking that it is going to be very glorious in his own terms. Yes, it was glorious. But he had a pre-resurrection mentality. And he was looking for something more glorious in his mind. Thomas would not believe their stories. So Thomas had questioned Jesus' word. Jesus said he would rise again on the third day. What Jesus said was the truth. But Thomas doubted the very words of his Lord and Savior. Doubts can shout so loudly in our ears that it is hard for us to listen to the Lord. That is the one goal of the devil to make us deaf to God's word. And that is what when doubt creeps into our life, it will make us deaf to God's word. So what caused Thomas to lose his passion and doubt? What caused him to be so such a discouraged, defeated man? Obviously, discouragement that what he expected did not happen that led him to doubt the very, very foundation of his faith. So if you and I, we won't confine our doubts, then it is going to rob our faith when we let discouragement or disappointments come in our walk with the Lord. However, when Jesus appeared to Thomas and invited him to touch his wounds, Thomas' doubt was transformed into faith. His encounter with the risen Lord led him to exclaim, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus says on verse, in verse 27, he said to Thomas, Stop doubting and believe. Jesus spoke to Thomas that God, will, and the same way, God will not remain silent in your life and in my life. He will confirm himself with his word. And we need to press on towards stop to doubt, but press on to believe in him. God has given us his word to remove all doubt from our hearts. And when we fervently hear his words, you will be able to confine your doubts and doubts will diminish and your faith will grow stronger. And you will also confess like Thomas, my Lord and my God, in every situation, no matter the storm, no matter whatever health issues, whatever, you will put your Lord and Savior above every situation and you will say, my Lord and my God, when you learn to confine your doubt. So don't let your doubts convince you that God does not know what you need or that he is powerless to help you. 
my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God will even provide for you in times of doubt to help you overcome and strengthen your faith. And that is what he did to Thomas. He gave what you need to overcome his doubt. And he strengthened Thomas's faith. And the same God who shows no partiality will do the same for us. Next, we are going to look at the life of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is struggling in the prison. John has been sitting in a small prison cell for approximately a year. His disciples were talking with John about the work of Jesus. He was helping healing folks who suffered from a variety of diseases and illness. He was having compassion on people and he was approaching individuals with a tender touch. As John was looking through the bars of his jail cell, it seemed Jesus was not bringing any judgment to the world, especially to the corrupted official who imprisoned him. Jesus is not acting in the way John thought the Messiah would. So he begins to doubt. He begins to wonder if Jesus is the Messiah who was to come or if someone else will be coming. So when you are going to look through the bars of your problem, like John the Baptist, he was looking through the bars of his jail cell and what he was expecting of a Messiah, the Messiah did not do. And doubt started rising up in him. John's doubts are real. John does not try to hide his doubt or hide himself from the Lord. He does just the opposite. He goes right to Jesus with the question. Verse 19 says, and summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? This question is to the point. It is not hidden. It is not veiled. It is very real and honest. And Jesus' response shows us it is okay to directly approach him with our doubts. So confine your doubts. Don't let it loose in the ocean. This is the person who once pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is a person who baptized Jesus and saw the heavens open up and God proclaimed, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this is a person whom, who once said, I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. And now he is God doubts. If John the Baptist and the disciples and Thomas, who was in, slow, in so close contact with the Lord, doubted, so do you think you and I can escape? We cannot. It will come, but we need to learn to confine it. Don't let doubt to, to rule over your life. Don't let doubt to grow, but confine it. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the Lord. And now when we see here, John the Baptist having doubt, now he's not so sure, is Jesus really the Messiah or not? So he sends some of his disciples to find out. And Jesus says, he does not criticize him or shame him. When he sends his disciples to inquire, are you the Messiah? Or should we look for someone else? In verse 22, And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus says to tell, tell him about all the evidence that they have seen that confirms that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. And he says, give him the evidence that 
what is the evidence for his question and how does jesus feel about john now after he has shown some doubt does he think less of him not at all verse 28 says jesus says i say to you among those born of women there is no one greater than john jesus gave john the highest compliment in the world at the same time that john was in the midst of doubting and in the midst of your doubts and questions and concerns god won't criticize you for your doubts he wants you to be honest he wants you to come to him with your doubt so that he can tame the doubt so that it won't be unleashed in the ocean and he doesn't want the doubt to rob your faith so just as jesus did not criticize or condemn john he will not do that to you and that's why in jude verse 1 chapter 1 verse 22 we say we have the verse which says be merciful to those who doubt and the lord was merciful to john the lord was merciful to thomas so if you have in doubt run to him but don't look at your problem through the jail cell and let doubt come and crouch you look at your problem through the eyes of the lord look at the problem through the word look at the problem through your experiences you had with him so far don't give room for doubt it will come but you don't have to let it conquer you you don't have to have friendship with doubt when it comes you can wield the doubt by the power of the word so doubt is not contagious we don't need to withdraw from those who are experiencing doubt instead we need to be there to help them no one should go through a doubt season a season of doubt alone we should be ready to be used by the holy spirit to speak words of encouragement to those who doubt speak god's word into the lives of those around you to build up their faith and send them free from doubt this is a truth that happened james eds built the first steel bridge in america it spanned it spanned the mississippi river many people thought it would collapse under its own weight few trusted but many thought it's going to collapse so what did this guy do he ordered 14 locomotives to stop on the bridge at the same time the people gave up their doubts and trusted the integrity of the bridge its builder already had faith that it would stand but to conquer doubts he proved it was stronger than it had to be james aids knew how to help people overcome their doubts he was an ordinary human being your lord and my lord jesus christ knew how to help thomas to overcome his doubts he said reach out your hand and put it into my st- side stop doubting and believe don't let your doubts tell you that your god is silent when doubt creeps in pick up your bible and begin to read it that god is not silent the lord will speak to you like james out he had to prove that the bridge is so strong that you can trust that bridge he brought 14 locomotives to stop on the bridge at the same time to erase doubt from people's mind how much do we have we have more than what we need to prove against the doubt that we are stronger in our faith with our lord and savior jesus christ 
we need to bring up the bible memorized bible verses we need to spend time in prayer and with the lord constant communication to show that the bridge that is your faith cannot be collapsed by any doubt no matter what the enemy throws no matter what the lord he gives in to you that you will not collapse because of doubt because you are stronger because you have the holy spirit with you Satan will use his doubts to paralyze you, to make you a state and not take the step of faith and obedience that God wants you to take. And as Christians, doubt is a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle, so do not take it lightly. And God does not, our Lord does not leave you to fight this battle alone. alone. The Holy Spirit will strengthen your faith and empower you to overcome all your doubts. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, when doubt comes into our life, what an amazing way, Lord, we can display, Father God, our faith, Father, that the bridge, the faith and our foundation that we are standing upon is so strong that it will not collapse because it is not built by human hands, Lord. It is built by your power. It is built by your word. It is built by the Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord, is Help us, Lord, to come and display you to the world, Father God, when doubt comes, Father God. When, when the doubt creeps in, Lord, and tries to shatter our faith in you, Father God. Lord, help us to display, Lord, the promises that you have given in your word. Help us to display, Lord, the things that you have done in our life. Help us to display, Father God, the knowledge that you have, we have in you, Father God, which is stronger than 14 locomotives, Father God. Lord, help us to remember, Father God, that you are a mighty God. You are an all-powerful God, Father God. Lord, help us, Father God, to remember you, Father God. Remember who you are, your character, Father God. Lord, help us not to be in the vacation mode, Father God. Lord, when, when Peter saw that unclean animals coming down, and at that time, Peter was praying. That is why he was able to overcome his doubts because he was in prayer. Lord, I pray, Father God, give us that courage, give us the time, Lord, to push everything aside, Lord, courage to push everything that is tangling us of this world, Father God, and to come and sit in your presence for prayer, Father God. So that, Lord, every time the doubt creeps, we will destroy that with prayer, Father God. Every time he says that your God is not listening to your prayer, Lord, we will open every single promises in the Bible and we will challenge the enemy, Father God, so that it will not destroy the foundation of our faith, Father God. Lord, you have given us power, Father God, to have, to have dominion over serpents and evils, Father God. Lord, help us, Lord, to confine the doubt, Father God. And it creeps into our life, Father God. Let it not have dominion, Lord, over any of our families, over any of our children, Lord. Lord and Lord, when we look around, Father God, help us, Lord, to go to people with compassion and love, Father God, to show that you are a God, that Lord who will hear their prayers so that we can raise them up from the doubt, Father God, to encourage people, Father God, in their walk with you, Lord, and not to leave them where they are, Father. Come, Lord, touch our next level group, Father God. Make us to be the people, Father God, 
who will be actively looking for people, Father God, who are lost in doubt, Father God, and who will be equipable, Father God, to bring them up, Lord, from doubt to faith, Father. And help, Lord, next level people, Father God, to be a people, Father, that will display the promises, that will display your goodness, that will display your character, that will display everything that you have done in the past in the face of doubt, Father God. That doubt will be shattered and not our faith, Father. I pray, Father God, you anoint each one of us, Lord. You empower each one of us, Father God, to confine, Lord, the enemy's voice of doubt. Do, do you think God really said that? Do you think God really gave that promise to you? It was given long back. It was written even before you were born. I don't think this promise belonged to you. Lord, when those evil's voice creeps into our life like that, Lord, let faith arise in each one of us, Father God. And help us to stand strong, Father God, and claim each and every promises, Father God. And not to waver in our faith, Father God, and not let doubt to rob our faith. I pray this amazing blessing, Lord, not just for this today, Father God, till the end of our life. None of our people, Father God, none of the members in next level group will be swayed away from doubt, Father God that they will be a people who will demonstrate your faith, who will display your faith, Father God, who will shatter doubt in the midst of all odds, Father, and who will stand in faith, Father. I submit our group to you, and I pray for this greatest blessing, Lord, to be your portion. I pray all of this, Lord, in mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.